When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Good morning and welcome to the Pirates podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Alex Stumpf. Chris, how's it going, man? It's going great. Uh, It's been a pretty good road trip. Do we want to say good road yeah, trip? Uh, relatively speaking, I guess so. But a lot of meat left on that bone. So, yeah, it's been I mean, they don't you can savor the times that they take two out of three in Milwaukee. But, yeah, I think meat on the bone, a lot of meat left on the bone. I think it's a really great way to put it for how Miami went. You are obviously there firsthand. So. Yeah, uh, that but, game Thursday, I think I put this at the end of the live fall when I was walking down to the clubhouse, like that was one of the worst baseball games I've ever watched. I yeah. just wanted that to be over. Yeah, that's just, uh, especially that 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 loss is the 11th, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh gosh, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, but overall, I mean, we got, you know, the All-Star break coming up and the drafts coming up, so we got some new things to talk about. Uh, maybe you know, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, you know, once uh, Tuesday's done, and you know, we'll see. You know, if David Bednar actually gets in the All Star game, and you know, yeah, we'll see. But uh, no, it's going good. Just excited to keep rolling along here. I don't have a good transition for this one. Uh, after the all-star break, you're going to notice that this parts team is going to look a little older. Does that count as a transition? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Uh, all right, we'll go with that. Yeah, this team is going to look a little older. Jack Swinski, option to the minors. We we already saw Blind Madris get option to the minors. Rowanzi Contreras was option to the minors. Now, that was we, – we went into detail last week. That mm-hmm. was also, you know, just to give them a break in it um, so that was a bit premeditated just like a laundry list of stuff like that but whenever we look back at this team after the all-star break we're going to notice a lot more jake marisnik's and jose quintana's and josh van meters and look that june baseball team wasn't exactly a good baseball team no but i i <laughs> you get the sense of optimism of, well, at least it's a bunch of kids right now. And they're Mm -hmm. either learning or the pirates are learning that they're not going to be part of this organization. And you get that actual answer. So I pose this question to you, Chris, because 
you're kind of going with two lines of thinking. You could go with either a, just keep playing the kids, let them figure it out up here. Or do you pause it for a little bit and you try to get your garage sale of, of veteran players that, you know, maybe somebody's willing to flip a low level prospect for you. What, what's actually the better course for the organization in the long term? I think it's, it, it, it's not an easy answer. And, and I, I understand wanting to polish up all of your items that you want to sell at your garage sale and you want to get as much value as you can. If you can squeeze an extra 50 cents for that 30 year old lamp, then do it. You know, I, I get it. Uh, however, yes, you're not going to get anything groundbreaking uh, unless you just happen to catch lightning in the bottle on a specific prospect. But let's be realistic there. The chances are very, very low that you flip a guy like Jake Marisnik for somebody who ends up becoming a major league regular. Um, uh, So I covered, I covered the Rangers last year and whenever this team, so that, that team last year, their most experienced veterans were guys like Brock Holt, uh, Charlie Culberson, uh, Jordan Lyles, uh, guys who have done some things and guys who are considered to be really good clubhouse guys. I think we can say the same thing about some of the guys who are in the Pirates clubhouse right now. Jake Marisnik would be another good, a good one there. Uh, the problem with those, but the problem with those guys is they don't have a lot of skins on the wall. They don't have a lot of accolades on their baseball reference pages. You, you know what I'm saying? They, they haven't won batting titles. They haven't won, you know, a guy like Brock Holt won a world series, but he wasn't like the starting guy on a world series team. You know, he was a role player and those guys are very valuable, but they're valuable to have on a contending team. If those are your veteran guys and it's then everybody else who's really, really inexperienced, it's hard. The young guys need to play. Bar like absolutely, I am all for the young guys need to play. However, they there does need to be some veteran presence there to show these guys how to navigate a major league season, how to go through what Jack Sawinski is just went through with that 0 for 28 slump of where just nothing is going his way, and he needs to see a veteran guy. <clears throat> and we've seen, I mean, shoot, like I'm I'm coming from you know I was covering the Rangers earlier this year, and but when I was covering the Rangers, Marcus Simeon wasn't doing anything, just signed a seven year, $175 million contract and was essentially going through a very similar slump to what Jack Swinski is going through. Now, the difference is Marcus had no panic. He, I mean, he's been there, he's done that. And now look what he's doing. You know, he's hitting home runs now in Texas because he knows how to navigate it. Jack Swinski needs to learn how to navigate that. A lot of these young guys need to learn how to navigate that. And I think that's something where you need to have some veteran presence there. And it's a fine line to balance that there, that that's not easy. I don't want to be Derek Shelton there because you do have to have some veteran presence, but you still need to have the young guys play because they have to learn how to play through it. And, and that that's not a job that I want, um, but it's something that has to be done. And it's just uh, so, yes, young guys need to play. I don't think that, you don't consistently need to have a lineup full of Josh Van Meters and Jake Marisnik's and, and all of those guys in there. And while guys who need at bats aren't getting at bats. So it's a fine line, but 
there does need to be some veteran presence there to show these guys what it takes to really go through the the grind of a 162 game season. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting debate just in general of is it worth trading some of these guys or just have that veteran voice i'll just use Quintana as an example Mm -hmm, that's a good one any single start he every single start he makes from now is potentially his last as a pirate i don't think this one that he just made with the rockies is his last but going forward every single start could potentially be his last Contreras is someone who has really looked up to him Mm -hmm. all year and it's he's such an important part of this organization going forward is it just worth, you know, you know, let's put Contreras in this best scenario that he has this mentor to look towards this entire rookie season mm-hmm. over, you know, getting another lower level prospect. And that's kind of the point that with the play the vets thing and try to sell, I, I look at this team and realistically, I see two veterans who make sense as trade deadline pieces. One is Jose Quintana. One is Ben Gamble. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, and, and if you want to stretch it a little bit, maybe Jake Marisnik is, you know, a defensive fifth outfielder. Mm-hmm. I think people would be pretty disappointed if they found out what they would get for those guys. Like Quintana, the vibe I'm getting from across the league, and I, look, it takes just one team to feel differently and to overpay for this mindset to be blown out of the water is. He is, if you're looking at it objectively, best case scenario, a playoff team's fourth starter. Mm-hmm. He is the guy who goes game four. He is more likely the guy who goes into the bullpen down the stretch or yep. in the bull or in a playoff series, you know, just that left-handed. So you're not going to get a lot for him. I don't know if they'll get the Tyler Anderson package or if they do like that, that's comparable. It's going to be within arm's length of that. And what was that? Uh, a double-A catcher who hadn't really hit in double a and didn't hit in double a whenever he was with the pirates he's doing a little mm-hmm. better in indy or and uh dominican you know lottery ticket in the dso who i mean it's gonna be a long time before we find out if he's you know gonna pan out at all so you don't have a lot actually there to pull from that's not actually an actual big return ben gamble's not gonna bring back a big return jake mariznick's mm-hmm. not gonna bring back a big return so we're talking about guys who are going to be 40 grade prospects, 35 plus, like the 30th guy on someone's top 30. And I'm just going to say it. This organization has enough of those type of prospects. Yep. And I'm not knocking that type of player mm-hmm. because you need those types of players. And it's actually not a bad idea to have those players in mass in case one of them does click. Mm-hmm. I think David Bednar is a good example of one of those types of players who is what, like a 40 grade prospect who, who clicked. And yeah. that's, that's really good. But you can't build a whole system out of it. You can't keep all of those guys. You, you got to allocate playing time at different levels. And there's just enough fringe prospects in this organization for a while. Fan graphs, I, I admit I didn't check the most recent one, but before the year, it was a top 61. 61 guys that they assigned a grade to. And then they had like another dozen or so names of guys that are like, well, maybe. Like there is enough of that type of talent in the organization. What you need is the impact, you know, yep. top talent. And none of the players that they want to trade are going to bring that back. Yeah. So it, it comes down to, how much are you willing to stunt the potential growth 
of these young kids who are on the 40 man roster to, you know, try to get a few more of those guys. And look, we'll, we're going to touch on Sawinski as an example here in a little bit. Yeah. I think Sawinski is a different example than what we saw with O'Neill Cruz and what we mm-hmm. saw with Contreras. But there is something to be said for, you know what, you're going to Colorado. If you really are 0 for 28, that's a good place to maybe try to break out. Like we, yeah. We'll touch more on that in the second yeah. segment here. But <laughs> that's a potential way to, to figure some stuff out mechanically. It's... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think this is overall, I would rather see Marcano on this roster than Josh Van Meter. I would rather see Kevin Newman's been basically playing second base, but if he was playing shortstop a lot more and O'Neill Cruz was in the outfield, I would be saying, no, you got that mixed up. O'Neill Cruz should be at shortstop basically every day because he has earned it. He yes. has earned it defensively. Mm-hmm. For all the people who said, oh, his errors were high, it's like, that's <clears throat> only part of the story. And you see the whole package now. And is it perfect? Yep. Absolutely not. Is there room for development? Yes. Let him have that development. So it's there, there are a lot of things like that. I think this whole year, whenever we look at it in retrospect, it's going to come down to those young players. Did they get better? Did they get better? Uh, enough better. <laughs> That's really good English there because there, there was opportunities for them to get better. And if not, then you might have to reevaluate what's going on around. Like I think there is a log jam in corner outfield spots Yeah, right now. There mm-hmm. are literally four guys on the 40 man roster right now who are corner outfielders who are left-handed hitters between Swaggerty and Madris and Mitchell and Sawinski. And you can't keep that many. You just no. can't. So who do you boot? Who do you try to trade? Who do you just let go from the 40-man roster? Who gets DFA? There's. I want that answer more than, can I flip Jake Marisnik for a low-level prospect on August 2nd? Right. And the only <clears throat> the way that you can really figure that out is by getting playing time. Does, exactly. does this guy have what it takes? And, and yeah, like those guys are going to feel like they're drowning at times when they don't have impact veterans on the roster that they can look to. They, I mean, I mean, yes, you like when Brian Reynolds is there, obviously that's an impact veteran guy that that's there and you have key Brian Hayes, which yes, he's still younger and yes, he still has things to figure out, but he's the best defender in all of baseball. And he does enough other things where he is still a guy where they can look, you know, where other younger players can look up to him. Um, and then you have other guys like like Ben Gamble, like Daniel Vogelback. You have enough guys where they can look up to and figure out, okay, this is how I can navigate. So give them the time to play. You're, you're, you're I, I I definitely agree with you in saying that you're you're benefiting more if you're giving Bly Madris and Cal Mitchell and all those guys at bats instead of you know all of these like Jake Marisnik and and, and if Marcano's on the on the roster and he's getting at bats instead of Josh Van Meter, like yes. That's absolutely what what the Pirates should be doing because those guys do need to figure they do, the Pirates need to figure out who's part of this because when that Adam Frazier trade went down, Marcano was the was the guy. He was the main return in that, and so far it's been Sawinski who's been the player who's yep, yep, yep. who's outperformed. And so, okay, well now everybody's like, okay, great, Sawinski might be something like he might be end up being the best player, but what about Marcano because he was the best guy? Well, something to figure that out. Like, so let's figure it out. Now, are you waiting until after the trade deadline to get that done? And so he gets the final two months of the season. 
Okay, well, why not give him an extra couple weeks? Those extra, you know, however many at bats could could help. You know, every at bat in the major at the major league level can help for sure. And so I, I definitely agree with you there that give the younger guys the at bats, give them the time that they need. Really get as much evaluation as you can. Yeah. Is this guy? Does this guy have enough traits to <laughs> to be able to succeed at the major league level? And the only way to figure that out is to. And that's actually a good way to go into the second segment is. Yeah, let's let's just yeah. cut it off there because I, I think we both want to just keep going with this. So we're going to take a quick break right here. We're going to focus more on Jack Swinsky, and I'm sure this conversation is going to keep going. But commercials first. You got to stick around. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast to be named later. All right. Sawinski. Yeah. He was, boy, can I pick him for mound visit every once in a while? Uh, because <laughs> it's the curse of whenever you're on, you get a little time off and you have a really good conversation and you keep watching like, oh, that's another 0 for 4. That's another 0 for 4. And then all of a sudden it becomes an 0 for 28. Yeah. And look, I'm, I'm not going to argue anything here. Shelton said also, like, this was the first time that we saw him change some things mechanically where he looked in between with a swing. There was one game in Miami where he had three batted balls in play on check swings. Like, that just cannot happen. And some of that's bad luck, but some of that's also you just are not comfortable in the box. And look, I've spoken my mind about O'Neill Cruz not being up in the major leagues, Contreras not being up in the major leagues or being optioned last week. I don't have that sort of issue here with Jack Sawinski. Something needs addressed right there. Mm -hmm. And I do not fault. I I can't fault anyone for saying if you're over 28, it should be addressed in AAA. Yeah. And so here's, here's the difference. Cause I I actually had somebody ask this in in the live cues on on this, on the site uh, yesterday. And asking like how how much longer do do they give Jack time? And I actually thought I I kind of tend to think that clubs are beginning to kind of stray from traditional thinking because the traditional thinking there where the player is um send him to AAA, let him get his confidence back, and then he can you know then he can rebound and come back and he'll he'll have a different mindset. And sometimes that's all you need in order to get back. And then mechanics fall, fall into place with it. Well, the problem there is, is and I think this is why clubs have gone away from it is because all you're proving by doing that is proving that you can hit triple a pitching. You need to learn, you need to prove that you can hit major league pitching. And the only way to do that is to face major league pitching. So, but the, the difference here with Sawinski is that he's never played triple (laughs) a, he came straight from double a, to the major leagues and then became the national league leader in our national league, you know, rookie leader in home runs and has had some really, really good stretches and really, really good moments. Obviously the biggest one being his three homer game on father's day. So he's, as we alluded to in the first segment, like he has absolutely shown that he can do can hit, but you know, you go through the baseball. So we were talking about this before we started recording, you go through the baseball savant page, like, there's a lot, there's way more blue and dark blue 
on that page uh, than there should be, you know, and this is, mm-hmm. this is where we talk about, okay, this is the difference with Jack. Oh, for 28, like never played in triple a. Okay. It seems like now is a good time to let, okay, let, let's figure some things out because like you said, when, th- when wonky things like that happen, where you, you put multiple balls in play on check swings, like there's obvious, obvious things that need to be addressed there. And yeah, triple a is probably the best place to do it. Yeah. I think there is something I had this suggested a long time ago and it's kind of stuck with me. Like the level of competition you face at double a is actually better than what you face in triple a because in triple a, every team has a handful of just depth guys, you know, like left-handed pitchers, a bunch of Miguel Del Pozos, a bunch of Yu Changs, a bunch of well, if someone gets hurt, Yu Chang still making appearances on the podcast. Yu Chang will never leave. <laughs> Quote of the episode. So it's <laughs> name of the episode. Uh, so you get more consistent in Double A of just guys who are either from Single A going up, you know, making that jump, or they're in Double A. By that point, you you've sorted through a lot of the organizational filler and you're facing guys who have some level of major league prospect, you know, in there. So maybe that competition is better, but yes, I, I th- there's also a lot to be said for figure some stuff out on triple A too. If, if you're Jack Swinsky and he's never been afforded that opportunity, but the fact that he came up to the major leagues and looked so comfortable, the fact that Marcano came up to the major leagues and looked so comfortable. The fact that last year, I, I know is a, the candle burning twice as bright, but Rodolfo Castro, who, you know, homered five times early on in his major league career. Like it's, it's not an unbelievable jump anymore. And we saw it on the pitching side with like Max Kranich and, and some guys last year. So, so it. I don't think like he's going to see a huge jump in quality of pitchers in AAA compared to AA. I think this was more just get yourself right. And yeah. I think there's a decent chance that Jack Swinsky is one of those first guys who's called back up, you know, once, yeah. you know, in early August, whenever either a Gamble or Marisnik's traded or. I think there's a fairly decent chance that first week or so of August, you know, if, if the guys who weren't traded, it's going to be a pretty ugly roster call for a lot of those type of guys. Yeah. Which doesn't exactly help the trade value, whatever, whenever no. that's like the mindset of, well, do you want him or we'll get rid of him and you can have him for free. Doesn't exactly <laughs> put, put that in, you know, last segment's argument too, yeah. but it's, <laughs> That's kind of where a lot of this stuff is. We'll see Sawinski back and hopefully he'll figure out whatever he needs to figure out with his swing. This was overdue probably yeah. a little bit, but it, 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 it is what it is. I do. Uh, because it's funny because like, I obviously I'm, I'm, I can, I can bring a bit of a different perspective. I, I asked uh, Rangers manager, Chris Woodward, because last year the Rangers dealt with, um, a lot of guys who are doing really, really well in AAA. Uh, I could probably think I can't remember exact names, but I can say th- there were probably at least three or four guys who were hitting the ball really well in AAA, came up to the big leagues and just abs- looked absolutely lost. 
uh, just lost, like, like not even mm-hmm. like you're seeing the, the numbers that they're putting up in AAA and you're just like, how this doesn't look like the same guy. Like th- there's no way this guy was hitting AAA pitching this well. And so I just flat out asked the you know manager, Chris Woodward one day, I was like, what, what's the gap between AAA and the majors right now? And he said, it's massive. And so I, 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 I now that's one person's perspective. And then I you think come- it's, I think it's massive for what I talked about because it's yeah. filled with Miguel Del Pozos. And, yeah. and honestly, if you are a real prospect, you're not going to spend a lot of time in AAA because a lot of teams don't view that as a development site anymore. If yep. you want to develop, you just get called up to the major leagues. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still simultaneously the biggest jump, yeah. you know, in, in levels, but I think mm-hmm. going to AA to AAA is fairly insignificant anymore yeah it's i i think i traditionally what i've heard from people that i've talked to in 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 the game is that the the jump from single a to double a is the is the big one like you have to be able to get from that single a level to that double because of what everything you talk about if there are guys at the double a level who can make that leap from double a like what jackson wants to go from double a to the major leagues and have the sustained success that he had for as long as he did, even if it's not for, you know, even if it's only for a certain amount of time, you know, whatever, if it's for six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks, you're like, okay, well, that's something. If a guy going straight from double A, so you talk about that and then, yeah. So I think the gap between double A and triple A, I agree, is probably not as wide as it used to be, but then, yeah, you begin to wonder like, okay, if Jack goes back down to AAA, like how much time does he need there? How, how I think it's, it's probably, it's probably a good, a good, like you said, it's probably a good place for him to just, yeah, okay, let me get my mechanics up. back into place. And yeah, once, once I start spraying the ball over the field again and start hitting the ball harder, more consistently again, then, okay, I'm ready to go. Yeah. It could be, it might not, not saying this is insider information, but like that minimum 10 days might be all he needs before it's like, okay, just bring it back up. Yeah. Whenever he looks right, you call him back up. And in my opinion, you bring him up sooner rather than later. I think he's earned that as the, yeah, as, as that's exactly league, why. Yeah. As the National League rookie leader in home runs, I think he's earned that. Yes. For sure. Yeah. And he earned the demotion. He, could, he should be allowed to earn a quick promotion back up. Yes. Hey, we got a little more show left to go. We'll be right back here in a minute. Welcome back to the Pirates podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. And Chris, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up that Jason DeLay has caught Yu Chang on the all-time Pirates hit leaderboard. So there we go. There's the other Yu Chang <laughs> reference for, for this episode. <laughs> I just wonder how many times we're going to be able to fit Yu Chang in on, on a podcast. Probably too ha- many. Yeah, I was just like, it's just going to somehow come up again next week and then come up the following week. And then we're going to be still doing these when we're wrapping the season up in September and still keeping the hit streak alive. <laughs> I, this I, is a longer streak than you, Chang, had as a pirate. So there we go. 
the service. <laughs> How much service time did he require with the Pirates? <laughs> too uh, long. Co- too a long. Co- a couple of weeks. I don't think it was a month. It just felt like a month. Sometimes it, it like, felt it, a it, lot longer it, than it than it than it should have been. That was one of the more amazing trade signings because, like, I, I look back at some of the worst players that have passed through this organization the last couple of years, and like. It took a little bit of time for people to realize, okay, Miguel Dopozo is a bad baseball player. Like, one at bad, and they're like, oh, man, this guy's not good. This guy <laughs> is not going to work out here. Like, everyone, every analytical, every casual fan, every old school fan, every – like, everyone's just like, nope, nope, this this isn't going to go well. But he batted right-handed, and, man, does this team need more of those. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that that is true. So, for, for all, all the faults that – and all the uh, – Inadequacies that Yu Chang had. At least he hit right-handed. He he his dominant hand was the one that's what is it eighty something percent of the world's population. Yeah, <laughs> so it's not even that unique. Yes. Yeah. He so he was purchased on May thirtieth and selected off of waivers on July fifth. So it was a month. All right. Yeah. Now, granted, those last few what's, days. What's he doing with the race? Uh, I don't even know if he's on. I mean, he's is he even? He, on the he had to be roster? on the major league roster. If he has like an 800 yeah. OPS, I'm gonna cut off this episode. But right now, before we say goodbye, uh, he has played five games. Uh, with uh, he's made appearances in five games. He has four hits. He oh, has oh man. A, he has an OPS of 667. Okay, I I had my finger over the stop recording for, for that. <laughs> he has one RBI. Um. Yeah, he has four hits and 12 at-bats, none of them for extra bases. Okay. Yeah. So a couple of wholesome doubles, and he might have been at 800. Oh, well, <laughs> it is what it is. The past is in the past. The future is in the future. And here we are still dedicating a whole segment to you, Chang. And you know what should be in your future, listeners at home or in the car, is our future episodes because you subscribed to the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast wherever you find Fine podcasts. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank transition. you. Thank you. Beautiful. Any last words, Chris? Uh, enjoy the All Star break. Enjoy the draft. Um, pour one out for Let's, those who want Elijah Green to be a pirate. I I will not hang my hat on that. So, one really bad prediction before we sign off, real fast. Who are the Pirates taking? Tamar Johnson. I'll say Collier. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk again next week.